0: Curt and Kate Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. More and more Christians are facing moments of conscience in their workplace when the obligations of a job, you know, one's current calling or vocation, come into conflict with one's beliefs or convictions. We need a framework. We need a practical guide. Uh, For all of this, and I love the way John Stone Street from Breakpoint puts it: we need to have a theology of getting fired.
1: Yeah, yeah, that. And John Chrisman uh, authored an article, a biblical framework for deciding workplace moments of conscience, and that'll give you a good place to start from.
0: Yeah, if you ever find yourself at that crossroads, you need to be prepared. Hey, John, you're with us. Good morning.
2: How you doing? Good morning, Kurt and Kate. How are you? Good, thank fantastic. you. Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much for uh, for asking. All right, so let's talk about that whole theology of getting fired. What makes up a theology of getting fired anyway?
2: Yeah, this is a really important topic that so many Christians are, are facing or know Christians that are facing. The theology of getting fired is basically how are we going to resolve these instances that arise when our faith is, And what we believe comes into conflict with some kind of demand or requirement or obligation in the workplace. So this isn't a call to uh, get fired. We're not looking for reasons to get fired. We're not searching for them or seeking that. It's not a call for a mass exodus from the workplace. But how do we as Christians live and work faithfully? in the employment context to which the lord has called us
0: the bible really is well i mean it's our true north always and there's no doubt about that it it should be the place we go to when we are drawing a line in sand
2: absolutely that's correct we need the word to not only teach us and to show us to reveal what it is we believe what our convictions are but it's also the word that directs our calling as well. And that's what makes these moments so difficult, because as believers, we know the Lord has gifted us and equipped us and called us in a certain way to serve in various vocations and employment places. But in those different employment contexts, our beliefs are more and more coming into conflict with what we might be asked to do. Something else
0: that I'm thinking about here is uh, a—this is a phrase— that I have, uh, it's a bullet point that is really a conviction in my own life, John, and and I think it applies here. Never change your convictions to match your opportunities.
2: I think that's, I think there's a lot of truth in that and a lot of wisdom. And that's something really that people who are even in the earlier portions of their career need to hear because one concern that i've seen with those who are starting out in careers is they will make sacrifices along the lines of this i will stay silent i will remain silent i won't say what i believe i'll kind of fall back until i get into a position of authority or influence Mm. and can make a difference in this area The problem is, is that years down the road after those sacrifices have been made, they change you. You are a different person and you're no longer in the same position able to withstand and and it will be even harder at that point to make a stand
0: yeah well that's a really really good point if you think about beginning your career and some of the temptation i mean there's temptations throughout the whole thing but yeah, this whole idea john though of uh if i if i say anything i'm going to lose my job and i need my job to live and make a living and um, I you know, I gotta take care of my family, I gotta pay my bills, all of that. And there are many I mean, that's just where the rubber meets the road. That is real life. And so people are hesitant when they come to the crossroads. And these are good folks, these are brothers and sisters in Christ, but they're like, Oh man, how am I gonna pay the bills? It's a matter of obeying God and not man, we know that's true, but taking that step of faith. Is challenging. It's a lot easier to talk about when it's theoretical and not literal in your life.
2: Absolutely. This is so important um, to be thinking of and preparing for whether you've faced it already or you know someone who may be facing it because The reality is, is that this is already on the doorstep for many people. And we need to be thinking about this, not only as individuals, but also as churches and how we can come alongside families that might be facing this decision. Because the reality, as you said, our jobs are tied to paychecks and paychecks pay for things like houses and groceries and school bills and various other things that uh, we have come to uh, build our lives around and upon. And it's extremely difficult when you are pressed into the corner to choose between faithfulness to what you believe and the job that you hold.
0: That being said, your employer is not your provider. God is your provider. And the only way that we can grow in our faith is if we, uh, just to use the analogy of Peter, walking on the water. The only way we can walk on water, in other words, the only way we can grow our faith and and see God move in a powerful way and own that concept of he is my provider, honestly, is to step out of the boat when we need to, when we know this is what we need to do and trust him. For the results. That doesn't mean that we're not, as you alluded to, planning, maybe uh, money and savings so that you could handle uh, a season of unemployment, those types of things. I mean, this is all wisdom, right? This is a smart thing to do. But again, when it comes to actually making that decision, um, we can, in that difficult moment, know Jesus more, deeper and better than we've ever known Him before.
2: Yes, it's in these moments of difficulty and trial and and suffering that that we begin to see our Lord in deeper and more meaningful ways. Uh, You know, you even referenced earlier that this puts us at the crossroads, and boy does it ever, because it helps us to see the cross and to understand the cross in deeper and more meaningful ways here. And for us to do it as the church together... These are opportunities for the church to come alongside individuals and families within the church to support them in their time of need these are also opportunities for the church to be discipled when when a man or woman or family is facing this in the church they are planted somewhere in a local church and this gives an opportunity to grow and to teach and to show that the Lord is worth it, that we count everything as loss, as Paul says, for the worth of Christ, for the sake of Christ. And these are opportunities where we get to live that out. We get to show that not only to our children, but to other believers in in our churches and to the people that we work with.
0: In essence, the theology of vocation has to do with well, really, everything for our lives, regarding our lives as followers of Jesus, and that is, I want to live for the glory of God. So, um, you know, I, I, when I work, when we work, I mean, this is very biblical, obviously, I'm not working for man, I'm working for God, so I want to be diligent, I want to do a good job. But then also, if you flip it over, and many of us have never really thought about it before in light of what we're talking about, if I'm working for the glory of God, then I need to make sure that what I'm doing does indeed glorify Him
2: that's right whether you're working for a christian employer or a non-christian employer we're always working for the lord ultimately as our employer he's the one that has gifted us called us provided for us so our primary calling is always first and foremost as a believer unto the lord and we all have secondary callings many of which are our jobs and what the lord has called us to do and in that work whatever we're doing whether we're preaching a sermon, whether we're pushing a broom, plowing a field, hosting a radio show, whatever it is that the Lord has called us to do, we're to do that for the glory of God, because He's the caller.
0: Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain and Kate Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. John, just so you know, Kate and I, and also producer Mark, uh, in a past life we're just kidding there guys we don't believe in reincarnation but in a past,
1: earlier in our lives earlier in our
0: lives we all were working in TV news and uh, as we were thinking about this moment of conscience thing Kate something popped into your head and mine too share your story
1: yeah well just uh when i was in tv i came Back to the Lord. And um, I was doing some functions at my church that got publicized. And there was a guy there who didn't stay there all that long, but he was just, uh, uh, he hated me. And he he said, How dare I do that? And he went up to everybody and complaining about how dare I be part of a church. Uh, I didn't, to be fair, I didn't know they were going to publicize it but it didn't matter i was still doing it it was a christmas thing or something i was and um and then he would go to my desk and i had a bible there and he was just really upset and he sort of started a uh, big to do about it which was nothing he didn't like I, my my vision my understanding is the longer you if you can just be who you are in christ wherever you are the other ones are going to fall away. The people who are going to try to call you, tru- cause you trouble. You just sit there and do what God says. If He says stay, you sit there and do it, and don't be vengeful. Don't be that person who fights back. You know, and they'll they'll run away eventually. They do. They can't handle that, and so a lot of the people disappeared who started. But by the end of the time, when it was time for me to leave, um. I had people who were like ugh, admit, kind of mocking me, St. Catherine, things like that, oh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, would come to me and say, you know, this is happening. Can you pray for me? You know, so who would
0: they go to? Who would
1: they go to when life really crisis. got hard? Yeah, they go they, to they came to me. It was still time to leave, no doubt, uh, and all of that. But there was a, you know, it depends. You have to listen to God. If He says it's time to leave now, it's yeah. time to leave.
0: And see, I had that same dilemma too. It, mm-hmm. it was a matter of okay, well, I feel like God is calling me into full-time uh, broadcast ministry. Uh, and he gave me he totally turned off the passion for the TV thing, which is yeah. an amazing thing for me. But he always does that. He redirects your uh, your dreams, I guess you could say, but maybe your passions or your um, your calling, so to speak, right. is, is redirected. Our ultimate calling is to to Jesus and you realize
1: who you work then, for. yeah, right.
0: yeah, but Whatever you know what I'm doing I'm doing it under his auspices. Because one thing that I was dealing with in that transition moment was, Lord, this is such a dark place. This newsroom, mm-hmm. this industry. Um, if you want me to stay and be a light, I'd rather not, mm-hmm. because I'm really not interested in this anymore. No, but you if don't you want, the want me, fight, but if you want me to be here, I'm yeah. willing. And please let me know what I should do.
1: Yeah, and at one point, God called several people in who were Christians. yeah, and then they they got tired of the fight. And I said, "Oh, please stay. It's not time yet to give up. and but they all, you know, they left because it, it was it's not a nice thing to go to work and not be happy and know that there are sure. people out to get you now. Yeah, you know, for no reason, you're going in, you're doing your job, you're not even saying anything. They just know you're a Christian, but they but they were sick of it and they left, and that's when God said, "Okay, you can go now." Uh, you know, it was it, it. We weren't gonna oh, take over, so that's okay.
0: John, some thoughts on what Kate was sharing. I think it's very instructive.
2: Yeah, I think those those stories that you share. It's it's just so wonderful to always hear God's grace and God's story, His deliverance, and how He is with us no matter what we're going through. And to also hear that, you know, we, we shouldn't ultimately be surprised when we face difficulty or or reviling or or insults or moments of conscience in the workplace when we're called as Christians into a secular environment where our employer is, is not a Christian and doesn't hold to what we believe, we should not be surprised if we face moments These crossroads where what we believe is is creating tension and conflict, either in relationships at work at a social level, um, as as Kate, you described, or from an employment requirement uh, level where we're being asked or told Mm -hmm. or forced to actually sign something, do something, say something that is contrary to what we believe.
0: Okay, you brought that up. John. And that actually is my story in all of this. I was newly arrived at a TV station in Las Vegas. And the guy who hired me was just a really, really nice guy. As news directors go, he was like the best of the best of the best. And he knew I was a believer. And uh, I would even call him, you know, a a professional friend, you know, a friend on the job. He was Mm -hmm. always very kind to me. And he was pressured into, by station management, coming up with sweeps series that would attract viewers. It's, you guys mm-hmm. know all about that. Yeah. You have May, <laughs> November, February. Th- these are rating sweeps, and they do series, right? And so he presented me with my assignment for that particular sweeps period, which was, remember, I'm in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah. Oh, mhm
0: he wanted me to go to the various brothels and highlight what life was like in these brothels among these prostitutes and uh i you know it was pretty obvious you that feel I he a, gave con-
1: you that specifically
0: i don't know i've never yeah. considered that mm-hmm. but i uh he told me about that and i paused and then I, you know, at that moment, I had already made a decision, uh, you know, I had just recently returned to the Lord, and uh, I, I had made a decision that, you know, the Lord was was number one, as best as I can make Him number one. It, there's a lot of growing with all of that, yeah. but it's like the Holy Spirit uh, gave me the courage and uh, made me brave at that moment, and just, I said, you know what, I really can't do this, I'm sorry. I can't do this. So I was staring down what we're talking about, John, this whole thing of fear. And I was emboldened. And I said, this goes against uh, my core beliefs. If you could assign it to someone else and give me something else, I would appreciate it. And uh, he said, sure, no problem. So there are these tests along the way. God allows these things into our lives as tests. Of course, he knows what we're going to do, but we don't know what we're going to do.
2: Yeah, Kurt, you just you just hit on an important issue I think of how we develop wisdom in the midst of these circumstances because sometimes we f- we think we're facing one of these moments, but maybe we haven't even asked our employer, are we really required to do this? Can you act, can you have someone else do this because I can't? Sometimes we're even unwilling to we think we're being forced to do something when when maybe we're not. Yeah. Um, and so it's very important to make it clear. Am I being required to do this? Is there is there an opportunity for an accommodation from the employer so that you don't have to be engaged in that? You know, we want to ask these questions. We want to do everything we can because we're not looking for ways to get out. We're not looking for ways to create conflict. Um, and then if we get to that point where no, we are being forced to do something that we can't do, then it's the decision of uh, resigning or take staying in the position and and taking one stand and saying I don't think that's something that we can do or should do here and and that might come with all kinds of consequences on one's employment. We talk about the
0: calling of God when it comes to vocation. This is what I'm called to do. But again i get back to my point we are called first to a person and out of that comes all of the other callings if you will in our lives maybe at the top of the list is uh, how God wants to use the gifts that he has given us. And I think maybe the hardest part is if we take a stand and then we're fired for it, and then maybe we're on the beach, we're unemployed for quite some time, and we wonder, you know, what what is my calling now and who am I now? Did That's, I
1: hear you right?
2: Yeah, and there's oh, that too. That how, do we, how do we yeah. deal with, with all of that? I think we have to take comfort in, in the promises of the Lord, knowing that he is enough and that he is worth it. And if he, he is sovereign over all of these circumstances, these moments of conscience that for us were suddenly brought to the precipice, they're not a surprise to him. He's prepared us for it. He, he's aware of these moments. He's orchestrated these things. And so they're not a surprise to him. And sometimes he uses these moments of conscience that take us away from one vocation, one calling, and redirect us into, into another direction. And, and uh, both of you have shared wonderful stories of that today
1: uh uh-huh. Yeah, it, we did get a text here too from somebody. It uh, it reads: uh, "Refused to follow an illegal order and received disciplinary action despite proving, despite, despite providing proper statutory and code support, ended up being demoted and losing twenty to thirty k. But I would do it again because the Lord has used it to teach us more. Oh, that's man. anonymous in Naples.
0: Yeah, that's a Texas morning, John. That's a great snapshot out of real life.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's very encouraging to see. And, and the Lord's going to bless that. The Lord's going to honor that. Um, and the person's faith has grown in the Lord through it, as well as those that, that, know, that know the person.
1: Thanks for listening to Curtain Gate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.